Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Disney Time Podcast. I'm your host, Micah, and joining me today are my co-host, Nelson. Hello. And Rissa. Hello. Welcome back, guys. So happy Mother's Day also to all the mothers out there. Um, So how was your Mother's Day, Nelson? Oh, good. Yeah, I was able to visit home this weekend, uh, spent some time with my family earlier today. But um, since, you know, this... uh, Holiday lands on a Sunday. Still had to get back to uh, San Luis Obispo because you know still have work tomorrow. So fortunately, didn't um, uh, didn't spend the whole day with uh, my family, but uh, still had a good time regardless. And Rissa, how about you? How was your Mother's Day? It's good. Uh, we got to spend time with our mom. Um, uh, got to eat some Korean barbecue, so that was yeah. cool. Yeah, always love Korean barbecue. Nice. Uh, so. On today's episode for our listeners, uh, we are actually going to be doing an uh, Avengers Endgame review for you guys. Um, So I take it both of you guys watched the movie already. Uh, Nelson, you watch it? Yes, I was actually the first one out of all of us to watch it. I saw it on the Thursday night at 6 p.m., so April 25th. All right. And uh, Rissa, you also got to watch it, right? You're the second one? I did. Um, It was literally... uh a few hours after him so same day uh just at like ten thirty at night yeah so i was the last one out of the three of us to watch it um i actually watched it on the saturday of that weekend so the but we had the first showing of the whole uh day at that theater so it was okay it ended at noon for us uh so you can imagine since it's a three-hour movie it started at 9 a.m um but yeah uh, did either of you get any um, merchandise at the theater? Nelson, did you buy any over there? Ah, uh, nope. I just got my popcorn. And, and Rissa, and did you buy? Uh, oh, oh, nice. And uh, Rissa, did you buy any uh, any merchandise? I bought nothing, uh, just to make sure that I I didn't um, have to use the bathroom or leave the theater. So yeah, I actually bought the popcorn tin. I did not get a refill because you know it. We just got, I mean, there were a lot of people at the theater, so it was, uh, I was like, I'm just going to get my tin, and then if I run out of popcorn, I run out of popcorn. Um, Wow, come on, man. (laughs) Gotta get your money's worth like I did. Oh, yeah, you got a refill? So what I did was I bought the bucket, but I planned ahead of time, and I brought in a plastic bag with me so that once I got my bucket, I just poured my popcorn into the bag and asked for my refill right away. Nice, nice. That's actually pretty smart. So that way you have two and you're ready already to yep, go. Yeah, pretty much. And I wouldn't have to leave the theater anymore just to get my refill. That's pretty good. Um, and then, uh, so basically, did either of you have to leave the theater to use the bathroom? Not no. once. I feel like I, I kind of um, probably got dehydrated uh, because afterwards I just had this massive headache. I don't know if it was because of like the time at night. Uh, or if it was really because I drank nothing. <laughs> yeah. And, and Nelson, you, you didn't have to leave the theater, did you? No. So beforehand, knowing that this is a three hour movie, I used the bathroom at my, uh, at, at home first. And then when I got to the theater, I just used it again just to make sure. 
you know gotta empty both tanks definitely definitely i don't want to leave the theater <laughs> yeah yeah that's something you don't want to do definitely right. not so i i definitely did not have to use it either um i also did like you and use the bathroom beforehand because i knew this is this is critical it can't miss any second right you yep. can't miss any second of it the culmination of 22 movies gotta see 22. every second of it yeah uh so actually this uh movie is not the last of the of the phase true um, it's supposed to be far from home correct it's gonna be spider-man far from home that will end this phase out and usher in a new era of marvel uh so let's uh let's get into it let's actually before we get into the movie let's let's talk a little bit about um star wars galaxy edge i know it's a little bit of a tangent from the movie but there was a, a news article that actually is was one of um part of the uh, know before you go series that Disney Parks blog has been releasing. Um, so this information talked about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Um, the On the 31st, they are going to actually open up the Mickey and Friends parking structure at midnight, just shortly after midnight, uh, because they want to accommodate for all the people. They know people are going to be coming in. So it's kind of crazy. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, Rissa, what do you think? I think it's dumb. Um, if you read the article, it, it was talking about how they keep trying to stress to people, um, essentially, that they don't need to be there right when it opens. Because if you have a reservation, you're guaranteed to get in anyway. Um, so effectively, by saying that you can um, open up the, the parking garage at like midnight, um, you're, you're encouraging people to get there super early and start a panic and line up. Um, it's kind of just like with Comic-Con, with Hall H, it didn't used to be that way. Um, but then they started setting up canopies and tents and it, it made people want to wait in line overnight because of that. So it, it's it's not smart on, my, uh, on, on their part, in my opinion. And uh, Nelson, what do you think? Since we are directly affected by it, um, what do you think about them opening up shortly after midnight for the parking garage? Uh... I feel like it's, again, um, not well-informed in the sense that, you know, like Rissa was, I completely agree with uh, Rissa here. And I mean, it just seems so unnecessary. Right. It, it's, it, it's, I mean, I could see what Disney was going for, but also it doesn't seem necessary <laughs> because I, I just feel like there will be negative backlash because of it hmm. with um, just too many people like um, just going to... Tr- they think it's they're like it's got to be necessary to to come in that early now now that they announced that they're going to you know open up the garage that early but because of that now like there might be a huge bum rush of people just wanting to go there like at midnight and then what are they going to do just like camp out so so what uh, do you think's going to happen with us do you do you think we're going to have to do that because <sighs> of the amount of people that we believe is going to be there you know cuz like if that happens then we might not get parking, do you think? Um, I mean, in all honesty, I just feel like we're going to have to to, to kind of just... In all honesty, I, feel, I just feel like we're going to just have to go when we can, uh, what makes most sense to us. Um, okay. I'm, I'm not really for going at midnight because, I, mean, I, I mean, even you, we're, we all have work the, that earlier that day before you know we actually head down. And we have, we have some distance to travel. So, yep. so um, just the usual get there just go directly after we pick you up yeah pretty much i mean i just feel that seems to be 
that just makes the most sense for us in particular. Um, but on a, uh, a more positive note, I, I hear that they're going to be opening up the Pixar parking structure. So that would give more parking availability. Oh, are they? Because that was supposed to be slated for July. Originally slated for July, yes, but they are rushing to get it open for Galaxy's Edge. Oh, and, well, um, we all know what happens when you rush. Uh-huh. Yeah. Shortcuts. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they might just uh, have to say, open it and then deal with the repercussions later. I think that's what they're going to do here. <laughs> okay. So hopefully we get a parking spot. <laughs> Yeah, well, Disney's going to have to accommodate one way or another. Right. So, so well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, try, I say that like <laughs> like it's a guarantee, but uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see, really. We are definitely going to have to wait and see what happens here. All right, so uh, back to Avengers Endgame. Uh, so now let's uh, talk about your guys' thoughts on the movie. Uh, this is, like we said, the culmination of 22 movies. Uh, yeah. It just it climaxes here with this movie. Um, so let's hear your guys' general thoughts. Nelson, what do you think first of all, overall of the movie? So I did enjoy the movie as a whole. Um, we'll get into it later, but I definitely do have problems with, um, the whole time traveling aspect of the, of the movie. Um, but overall, I feel like, um, it was a pretty good send off for most of the characters, the original Avengers, that is, um, and a um, pretty good setup for the upcoming new set of um, Avengers. That uh, I mean, there's some speculations for actual uh, like new characters altogether, and also the current characters are set up for you know going forward. So, like say for example, Black Panther and and Spider-Man coming up, and and even Doctor Strange. So, um, yeah, overall, I thought it was a good movie. I enjoyed it overall. Uh, of course, like I mentioned, uh, there's that. There's a. I do have issues with it though. Um, but I felt overall it was an appropriate finish. All right, and uh, Rissa, how about you? What are your overall thoughts on the movie itself? I mean, overall, I enjoyed it. Um, but like Nelson said, I there were some problematic uh, parts of the movie for me. Um, it didn't detract from the enjoyment that I experienced watching the movie. Um, but whenever you get into time travel, there's always uh, some hitches that you'll run into, um, which I guess we'll discuss later. Yeah, um, I had the same feelings that you guys did. Overall, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a good way to wrap up um, what we've seen in the previous movies for this whole phase. All you know, all the phases one, two, three, uh, and but you know there was. I did have some problems with the plot, um, and you're right about the whole tri- time travel thing. Uh, it it just got kind of confusing, and, and it's like, uh, okay, I guess this is gonna be how it is, though. Uh, but overall, I enjoyed it, and I liked how they wrapped things up for some of the characters, and how they, um, in you know, made it so that the door's still open for some of the other characters that are still there. Right. So, all right, um, so let's let's get into some of the details. Um, I guess we can start from the the beginning of the movie where they just picked up where they left off with Infin- Infinity War. Uh, that was after Thanos did the snap and half of humanity, or not just humanity, but half of living creatures were um, erased from the Earth. Well, um, from the universe. Well, yeah, not just the Earth, the, the whole universe. Um, so then it picks up from there and then it, it goes five years into the future. And um, is that that's, that is where... It, picks up right five years into the future well right. f- uh, oh, just before, before that, that they, yeah, um, right. they actually Captain went Marvel. to go yeah. 
Well, well, before that even, um, or I guess right after that. Essentially, before the five-year jump, they actually did go and find the Thanos um, of that timeline. And um, essentially, Thor went for the head this this time. And... Oh, sorry. They, yeah, sorry. They yeah. found the, Tony first, right? Yeah, they had to bring Tony back yeah, first. Yeah, they brought Tony back. Um, and yeah, because... Um, yeah, with Captain Marvel coming back. Yeah, yeah. So at the end of Captain Marvel, they kind of... Uh, she showed up at the Avengers HQ. Right. Her The beeper or uh, the pager um, yeah. went, quote-unquote, dead or silent. But uh, that was, I guess, some form of countdown of her coming back. Right. So Yeah, so she, she ended up back at the Avengers HQ. And then, um, so in this at the beginning of this movie, they find Tony, um, who was floating in space because they ran out of fuel, basically. Yeah, so, I mean, with this whole retrieval, it kind of just seems convenient. It felt like a cop-out. Yeah, because, I mean, like, I, I can understand to the point, so, at the like you mentioned, at the end, at the post credit scene in Captain Marvel, so she, she returns to, to Earth. To I could understand, like, we, we don't necessarily need to see this part, but I'm guessing she got the information that Tony is out there right. somewhere, and I guess, like, she got cut up to speed for the most part and then went out to go look for him. But, I mean, being an aerospace engineer, space is a really big place. Right? Exactly. Exactly. It's so vast. It's like, how do you even know where or where, you know, like where to look? Well, right. Because, I mean, like, I don't uh, like, did Tony have a, a transponder? I guess that might be their deus machina type explanation of how she found him. But because, I mean, obviously they couldn't use the, the Milano slash Benatar. I don't know which version of the ship it is at this point because they didn't really know about the Guardians really at that point, at least the ones yeah. on Earth. Right. So. Yeah, it's just a big question mark of how the heck did you find them to begin with? Well, I also kind of, it just in general, felt like they didn't really know what to do with a character of Captain Marvel um, because the way they portrayed her is just so OP that they basically just were like, okay, she's going to be some savior. She's going to go bring bring Tony back and then she's going to go fly off again because we don't know what to do with her. Otherwise, she'll just completely, you know save everybody really quickly um she could have handled all the infinity stones on her own so it's just yeah they, the way they, they portrayed her yeah i, I agree yeah it, it was it's it's problematic with with the way that you know the, the writers didn't know what to do with her um and that's why it was kind of a cop-out um and it just felt like she was teleporting basically by the speed of her going to a different galaxy and you know i don't know i i, I just don't understand her op-ness of, of the yeah the character do you think this um adds on to people's hate for brie larson as Captain <laughs> Marvel? so honestly i actually i liked her better in in endgame than in her own movie because she only had like i don't know maybe four or five lines in, in yeah, endgame she, she hardly and in all honesty this just reinforced the fact that seeing captain marvel was completely unnecessary yeah you you didn't need to watch it endgame right yeah um yeah because it's like you know uh it's it made it a good movie without her being there i guess for most of it you know um <laughs> because you, there's more there would be more drama because the way like you guys said the way they portrayed her it seemed like if she was there the whole time uh, a lot of this stuff that happened probably didn't even need to happen right right <laughs> yeah she just would have been the solve all right from the get-go well, I always thought there was going to be Captain Marvel and Ant-Man that were going to be the, the saviors of this. And to some degree, I was right. But um, they didn't utilize her well enough, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I agree. Like, uh, they could have. They could have used her OP-ness there, but I guess they wanted to go in a different direction. Um, yeah, I just feel like if they did use her OP-ness, then it would have... <sighs> It would have been too easy, like a quick, like solve to the, been a, the, a shorter the, movie. The, a shorter movie, quick solve to the problem. But then, um, it, I feel like a big purpose of this movie entirely was to close off all these storylines for the original Avengers. Yeah, so that if that, they just use uh, Captain Marvel from the get go, then they probably wouldn't have had the chance to do that in a satisfying way. I yeah. mean, arguably, what we did get, I'm I'm okay with some of it. I'm not okay with the others, but you know. It is a finish of some sort, I guess. I, I just yeah. felt like it didn't need to be as long as it was. Some of it did feel, like, stretched out, yeah. Like, Infinity War was constantly moving. Like, as a whole, mm-hmm. I thought Infinity War was better storytelling. Um, and it didn't feel like it was constantly trying to build up to a, a, a climax. Um, because the whole movie was the climax in Infinity War. Um, oh, yeah. The, this one felt like it was a lot of slow build um, all the way up until the final battle in which it was easy. <laughs> like, I, I thought it was a bit too easy. I was like, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it wasn't as fulfilling as Infinity War, in my opinion. Yeah. You know what I think, though? I think they, they made it a lot longer this time because there's a lot more fan service. I think that there was a lot of fan service in this one. I thought there was too much fan service. Exactly, exactly. Lots and lots of fan service in this one. Uh, well, let's. You you touched on a point there about Ant Man being key in this. Let's uh, let's talk about that. How he was a key role in this um, movie Endgame. Um, so he played a key part here because uh, Scott Lang. So if we if you guys remember Ant Man and the Wasp, uh, Scott went into the quantum realm. Uh, they were harnessing the particles. I, I don't even know what those particles do. Do you guys remember what they do? Those particles. I think they were, they were supposed to. Um, they were tr- still trying to help Ghost. Oh, um, yeah. Because yeah. Um, she still had the whole phasing problem, I think, and um, they still needed to collect quantum particles to help her out. So I think that's why Scott went back in to collect it for like just you know five seconds, because that's all they really needed. Right. But. But as we saw in the post credit scene, uh, Scott got trapped because the other three, Dr. Pym, Hope, and uh, I, f- I forget. Janet Van Dyne. Yeah, they all ended up getting dusted. So he got stuck. Yeah, and uh, it turns out he was stuck in there for five years. Well, yeah, five years in the real out. world. Yeah, in the, in the outside of the quantum realm. Right. Five years. But for him, it felt like five hours. Right. As he explains when he gets out. Which was all freaking luck so the thing that i found problematic about that explanation was it doesn't really sync up with how the wasp the original wasp aged right I, because she I, aged normally she Is she, that why? she aged normally like she's the age of hank pym oh right yeah. right when she gets out she's still the age of hank pym even though she was in there for so many years, years. On the on the real world, but in the quantum right. realm, it seemed like she really was in there for thirty years. Yeah, right. So that means that she it should have scaled, and she sh- probably should have been closer to her daughter's age. Right, because when she went in, she was around her daughter's age. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Inconsistency there, and I mean, like even her outfit, she had to jury rig a bunch of her suit through the years. Right, so, so it, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily line up. So I don't I don't get where they were going with that. Um, 
they could have just chalked it up to time flows differently in the quantum realm. Right, right. They didn't have to specifically say, you know, five years out here is five hours in there. Like, the, I feel like um, comic book uh, and audience members, just casual audience members, are smart enough to understand that, that this is where the direction that they're going. Um, quantum yeah. physics you know like right, you, right, you don't right. have to spell out every little thing and i i feel like that's one of the issues that we're running into with a lot of blockbuster movies um they don't really understand that the audience is more intelligent than than you know they think yeah i mean especially because a lot of the people who watch this these types of movies are actually intelligent and the, they think about things yeah, you know. which is why a lot of people had problems with with things in the Last Jedi. Right, because it's there's a lot of inconsistencies and plot holes. I think it's just it doesn't help that they don't explain it, and um, it makes it. I think it makes it lose a little bit of value there. Yeah. So so one of the things I know at the time, um, Logan and X Men didn't really. It wasn't owned by Disney, but they. I believe that they did a good job with their writing. Um, they didn't explain every minute detail, but the things they needed to explain were explained. Um, and I feel like the writers of Endgame should, the Russo brothers, they should have um, followed suit in kind of wrapping up character arcs in in poetic ways rather than blatantly um trying to tie things up in a bow yeah or getting or really kind of just trying to get a reaction yeah i feel like in this movie they were really trying to uh get an emotional connection to the audience here rather than um an intellectual one you know because uh you're you're seeing your favorite um heroes from the past 22 films on screen rather you know and you're and you're getting an emotional connection to them rather than having this you know understanding of what's going on i guess yeah but i mean like with logan you get both right i know i know i get you're saying here they probably should have taken a page out of their book and done done that because they could have achieved it but they didn't i mean don't get me wrong there were moments where i felt like i was gonna cry um but it never got to that point um the characters that i thought were gonna die didn't die and the characters that i thought were gonna live didn't um so, I mean, they, they pulled that on me, um, but still. Okay. I mean, you didn't uh, get that emotional thing with the I love you 3000 thing? Of course I did. Um, <laughs> but the tears never fell. Um, it was a cute line, and obviously people are going to use it for years to come. Um, but the I feel like the line that got me the most was, was Tony Stark's final line. Oh. I am Iron Man. I am Iron Man. Th- that's yeah. the yeah, one. The callback from his the first movie ever. Right. right. And and that's the one that was, um, I, I read a bunch of articles and they said that that was shot way later in post. Um, they had to go back. Right. Because I believe Tony didn't say anything originally. Yeah. Because they didn't yes. know what to have him you know they tried a whole bunch of different lines um and it just didn't work uh and then their film editor was like why don't you just bring a full circle and they were like yeah let's do this right now and robert downey jr was like um i've already he said goodbye go i don't yeah, want to go back exactly. but yeah yeah but they so i read the article also and um so they had to reshoot it uh with, with him saying that line and he they actually went to dinner with one of the producers, and the Russo brothers, Tony or Robert Downey Jr. and that producer, and they said that he was the one who spoke up and said, "Why the heck not, Tony, uh, Robert? Why don't you do it?" And so he pretty much convinced Robert to go back and reshoot it, even though 
he didn't feel like he wanted to go back into that character, you know. So, but they, you know, they got him to to say it, and I'm glad That's he did. That's what we got. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad he said that, you know, because that was that line. That's the best line, I think. I think the yep. other part that got me was um, Pepper at the end when she was saying yeah. goodbye to him. That one. You that can one, rest now. Yeah, yeah, that that made the heart clench. Um, in terms of badass moments of this movie, I, I think the one that I was like, yes, the most was um, the girl power uh, scene <laughs> when like all of the women that are like you know trying to help Captain Marvel get mm-hmm. the gauntlet over. Um, that that was probably the the biggest for me all right uh so let's uh let's go into the the time travel aspect here so we know that uh ant-man came out of the quantum realm and he talks about how he was stuck in there and so they come up with the idea that time travel is possible and they bring it up to tony and tony stark's like nah i'm not gonna do it right so uh what do you guys think about the whole time travel thing and how he was able to solve it you know and before before he solved it, he was like working on it on the side. They they go to the Hulk. They they ask him to help with that because, you know, he's a doctor too, right? <laughs> yeah, which we saw as um they didn't go into it very much, but um we saw Professor Hulk yeah. in this movie. That was cool. Right. I mean, it was cool and weird at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was definitely speculation that he would show up as Professor Hulk. Um, and once we did see it, we were like not told anything about it really. More like, yeah, I just decided to try and put the you know the two best parts of myself together. Why can't they interact or like be one? And so, boom, we just somehow get Professor Hulk, and so- we're just supposed to take it kind of at face value, which I guess is okay. Just, I guess, to help move along the story since it is a really long movie anyway. Yeah. So, What are you guys' uh, thoughts on Professor Hulk? Do you think, I mean, he could have been Bruce Banner at some points and also, you know, turn into the Hulk under control? Because I feel like that's how they went with the um, in the comics, right? Isn't that what they did? I'm not familiar with um, the Hulk line of comics, right. so okay. uh, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be a professional to speak into this. All right. But yeah. But I, I, I feel like them doing that like making him professor hulk it kind of just added that what i call like the the signature sense like marvel sense of humor right right because him being as um bruce banner yeah he definitely the in the past couple of movies had had his own quirkiness added to the 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 comic um or the the comedy but him just being like in the same form as the Hulk, but still being Banner, I just felt like that was kind of funny in and of itself. Right, right. Especially at points where you know they, you'll see it when they go back in time, and then he's watching himself. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's, tried to try to blend in. He's he, like, oh, this is so gratuitous yeah. or whatever, and he like rips his shirt and just starts punching things randomly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, uh, smash, and he just like taps the car or something like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but that was, uh, I think the Hulk was a, a good comic relief there. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it was, um, it was, it was appropriate. And to also, it's another kind of payoff because a lot of fans were kind of hoping to, sh- for Professor Hulk to show up at some point right. in the MCU. So obviously now we, we got it. So. All right. So after they, I mean, Tony will, he shows up again and he has the solution up to doing the time travel. Um, well, the, the, 
what what Tony um, figured out was to make time travel possible in the sense of navigating, navigate, navigate yeah, it right yeah. without it, time affecting you. Like, yeah, you go instead of time, you surfing yeah. through time. Yeah. It's you. Time's like changing going through you. you, right? Because when so, the when the Hulk tried it with uh, with Ant Man, time was going through Ant Man, right? Yeah, and so like the various attempts that they had with the. Um, with ant-man or scott lang he came out as a baby he came out as an old man teenager um so they were able to manipulate time just couldn't travel it in the manner that they needed to right so um tony was able to find a way to around that yeah and so in typical tony fashion he's driving a nice audi that's not um you know (laughs) out yet it's not out till uh 2020 uh and it's actually in it's a um, all electric car yeah, it's the e-tron. A, yeah, it's the e-tron, but it's making all these sounds like it's got an engine in it. So, <laughs> um, I think it's a you know hot dog and Tony making an entrance there. Um, but yeah, he he shows up and he's like, so what happened? Turned into a baby. <laughs> so he kind of called it right. Yeah. Well, I mean, when he came back though, it was a nice um, reunion with uh, him and Steve. But I mean, like they like Steve and company, they went to go visit um tony first right right in his to go, cabin to go try again and recruit him back right once they figured once they had at least a possibility to try and f- start to fix things but once um tony came around and um uh showed up with uh those bracelets and whatnot it was pretty cool to see him actually also return the shield all right to, cap uh, shield yep yeah to cap so so yeah so then you know, obviously they go, they start doing recruiting to get back the other Avengers. And uh, so they, they try to get back um, Thor. Um, oh, right. They had to right re-recruit. Yeah, because Thor is in uh, new, new Asgard, Asgard, as they call it. Yeah, yeah. new Asgard. Uh, and he's ruling there as king, uh, supposedly ruling as king. Uh, so then Hulk uh, shows up with, uh, uh, no, he shows up and then Valkyrie's there. And then he, he talks to her and he's, and she, he's like, where where's uh thor (laughs) yeah so um the whole concept or um i like the direction what they went with thor because he's uh he he definitely felt like um the one truly responsible so he just seemed like he um had the most guilt definitely yeah he took it hard on himself right he felt responsible for and the one who failed the most essentially and um we everyone who you know has these traumatic um events they they all deal with uh despair or you know this this trauma very like differently so we obviously saw thor's um way to cope with things and we got fat thor yeah but kind of to touch on that i think we saw the different ways that people did deal with grief we saw um cap uh holding support groups we saw natasha maintaining um the channels and basically leading shield because there wasn't anybody there to do it left right um fury yeah we saw um tony go into himself and you know be self-absorbed once again um and just worry about his family uh we saw banner become a celebrity um we saw a whole bunch of different things um we, we which, saw ronin yeah we saw we saw ronin we saw it, it's interesting how they how they dealt with grief and um yeah it, i i liked how they took those aspects it, it made it feel 
not like it was just fan service, but more so that they were trying to build a story. Yeah, I agree. Um, with Thor's overall story, though, I felt like it was a bit stretched. Um, in, in what sense there? Well, well, by the time they're actually doing the time traveling um, and he goes back to Asgard, he's, uh, he's in a time where his mom is still around. So obviously he's having anxiety of, you know, like she's there and she, he didn't have a proper send off to begin with with her so he's not all and it showed that he wasn't all that easy or even willing to to even do it and he backed out on rocket at one point so um i just felt like that whole like conflict i can understand where it was coming from but overall i just felt like it was uh too long so this is what leads into one of my biggest uh I wouldn't say pet peeves, but one of the things that's problematic with uh, the story arc um, as a whole, they're trying to basically go back into the past and um, not disturb the different branches of the time. Otherwise, you create a different time stream, right? A different reality. Um, So the whole premise is them going back into the past, getting the Infinity Stones and then putting them exactly like one second after they took it. Uh, What we see at the end of the movie is them... Uh, well, Cap taking them in a briefcase, not in the original vessel. Right. Like, how do you, how do you, one, how do you put the soul stone back? Um, two, how do you put the ether back into Jane when it's a stone now? Three, the the Tesseract is no longer in the Tesseract. It's, it's just the stone. Four, um, I mean, the easiest one would be the time stone because you're just like, here you go. Yeah, give it back to the ancient one. Yeah, but then like, the power stone and then the scepter it's like okay how are you gonna resolve all of this because like past quill you know had it in an orb and then you have to put it back into that exact timeline so that it doesn't disturb that whole movie so that that's where we get into these things where timelines and time streams are different because they explained it as branches rather than and and realities rather than um a linear time stream so like we observed past thanos and past nebula dying in future tense so how come that how how come that didn't create a a chain of reactions right because they basically said okay so if you remove somebody or something from a certain time um you essentially create an alternate reality right so why do you even need to put the stones back if you've created another reality the ancient one was saying that it's to protect those realities now but banner was explaining no we're not creating other realities because we're putting it back right exactly where it is but then there's an there's the problem of cap when they yeah and then there's another problem when loki escapes with the tesseract right so it's like did he create another time stream or was this just yes he uh, did yeah. So, so now, you know, like, what do you do there? You right? don't do With anything. Putting it back. You, yeah, you, you, you can't. let it go, right? You can't. So now You're he's per- alive and he's going to have his own show on yeah. Disney+. Plus. Exactly. <laughs> so for those um, who can possibly, if this helps relate, the concept of time travel for the MCU is more closely related to the Dragon Ball Z ver- version right, of exactly. time travel. Versus like uh, Back to the Future where if you do something in the past, it'll affect, it'll just do a ripple effect and... Um, uh, you can end up disappearing. Yeah, it's, right, it's yeah. not like, the butterfly effect. Right. If you do something in the past, it won't affect your the, the one future. So if that helps to relate, um, yeah, these so-called like branch 
um, realities. And for me, one of my biggest problems was once um, Thanos, the younger Thanos, I guess the 2014 Thanos, leaves his time frame or his timeline and then to um, our current one in 2023. And he obviously gets killed or dusted there. So back in his original one, there's no Thanos at all. No, that's not true. <laughs> because he has created a different um, reality. So it, it's it's more of um, thinking along the lines of a, a multiverse, but not explicitly a multiverse because there aren't different versions of himself. Um, but So I was fine with this. I was fine with the whole way they were explaining time um, because we didn't see present-day Nebula die when pr- uh, past Nebula died. Um, and I was fine with that. But when we got to the end and Cap went back and he didn't show up again, we knew, okay, so he's he stayed in the past. But for him to show up in the present again, in that present, as an old man, just broke all the rules that they established three hours into the movie. But how, how would that happen? Like, how he, did that break the rules? Because he wasn't supposed to be there. He was in his right, own time if, stream. Right. He, he, by going back in the past and staying there, that creates a branch, traje- uh, branch uh, timeline all on its own. Exactly. So he shouldn't have been able to be back in that exact but, moment on the bench. Okay. Yeah. But there's two caps, though. Uh, in, in, his, in his branch timeline, yes. There, that means there would have been two caps in one timeline. Right. One where he went back and then the other one where he's frozen, right? Yeah. Essentially, you'd think then, oh, crap. Like, so there was two caps in this one timeline that he must have had to just sit out yeah. on every event. Knowing everything that, he knew, he had right. to ignore Bucky. He had to ignore all of, you know, the attacks going on. It was completely out of character. Right. I mean, like, I don't, I don't see Cap just doing that because obviously we've seen in all the past other movies... He can't just sit on the sidelines. No, he can't. He he stands for justice too much. So I, I found so much problems with, with that one bit of fan service. Like, for me, it would have been poetic for them to just end the movie at Tony's funeral um, and that's it, you know? Yeah. It yeah. would have been, that would have been enough. But also, like, why did Tony get a funeral and not Natasha? Yeah, it's like they completely forgot that she sacrificed herself for that soul stone, yeah? Yeah, all they gave her was one line saying, oh, she knows. <laughs> I'm like, seriously? seriously? You did her dirty? She literally sacrificed her life so that this could all happen. Right. Yeah. They they could have even done a double funeral. Yeah. You know, put put um, Natasha's thing, like Tony's, uh, you know, the arc reactor that they mm-hmm. put out there. They could put one for Natasha, you know? Yeah. But nah. They straight did her dirty. But yeah, that was, um, that was... The confusing part about time travel is all this stuff that they did that it should be it shouldn't end up on the same timeline because they kept altering things. So I my hope is honestly that they explain this a bit more in Far From Home, um, because if you've watched the recent trailer, he actually says the word multiverse. Mm. Um, yeah, oh, that's Fury. right. Yes, yeah. he does. Or was it Nick Fury or Peter? I, I feel like I it was it's Peter. Nick. Yeah, I th- yeah. Yeah. He was questioning. Um, he was questioning yeah. Nick. He was like, so right. multiverse? Yeah. So I, I hope that that's where this is going, um, that they can delve deeper into basically the the kind of, it's not really mythos, but it, it's, it's like a world that they built um, to explain what the heck is going on. 
Like, did they screw up enough things in in these different branches to to warrant what's going to happen in phase four? Kind of, though, we 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 know there's a multiverse because Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse into the Spider-Verse had multiverses in there. Yeah. So so that one is um, there's different things that happen that result in multiple Spider-Men in in different realities. Right. But this one is we're we're looking at one set of realities branching out into new realities. Mm. So, so now it's just like phasing into everything coming into the same reality into one. Yeah. So or so something. we'll see what happens in phase 4 what they're going to tackle but honestly it this movie felt like a one um closure sort of um for some character arcs and then two um it was a send off and um they were trying to establish the next phase of of their cinematic universe so i anticipate a young avengers movie happening right um, yeah, i wanted to get into that too. yeah and i anticipate some other um like guardians thor-esque combination movies again all right let's let's start with the send-offs part okay the, so we know iron man dies obviously right um so the other characters that get sent off would be captain america right that's one Right, we get old Cap. We get he old retires. Ca- yeah, retiring Cap, um, who decides to go back to the 1940s and stay with Peggy for some odd reason instead of being a hero. Yeah. Um, so that's that's another character. Uh, what did you think of uh, his development in this movie? Uh, America's butt, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> the ass of America. Yeah. Yeah. What did you guys think of um, him and how they portrayed him in this movie up until the last? I mean, like excluding that last bit there um i felt it was appropriate yeah i Um, agree i mean he was still like the righteous one wanting to do the right thing um and now like when we saw in the final battle he's worthy um, yeah he's i feel like he was worthy all the way since age of ultron yeah he um when you know in the um after party scene where everyone's trying to lift up uh mjolnir Mm, yeah um we saw it budge for when Cap tried to pick it up. I feel like ever since then, I feel like he was able to pick it up, but not wanting to humiliate Thor because of his character. That's just who Steve is. Right. Right. He just didn't pick it up. Yeah, I agree. But then as um and as we saw Thor's reaction in Age of Ultron, he, he winced because he saw it budge a little bit. And then he was like, oh, no, no, it, it, he, he couldn't do it when, when Steve let go. But then when we saw an Endgame, his, his line was, I, I knew it. it. He said, I knew it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that that's kind of a payoff. Like, oh, so yeah. I mean, he's no, he's pretty much had a a, a gut feeling since then. And um, I mean, it was cool initially when you got to see Thor dual wield both, you know, Mjolnir and Stormbreaker. That was pretty cool. Um, but then when we did get the the scene where you know we see the the hammer start floating, and then all of a sudden it hits Thanos on the back of the head or whatever, and then it goes back to. To Steve, like ever, my, the whole theater in when I was there just was like erupting. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I mean, it was a very, it was a very electric scene, pun intended. So okay, so that's another problem I had. Oh yeah. So I understand. Yes, you're worthy. You can wield Mjolnir, but Mjolnir is just um, a vessel. It's a weapon. He shouldn't right, be able to true. control lightning and thunder. Like that's Thor's power as a god, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So it doesn't yep. it doesn't make sense. Like <laughs> I, th- I thought though that the um, the enchantment that Odin put on there is 
whoever is worthy is able to yield the power of Thor, right? Isn't that what they, that's what it, he said? Is it? Whoever is able to yield Mjolnir is able to have the power of Thor, right? But, Isn't that the enchantment? Uh, so the power of Thor includes the thunder. Which he didn't really embrace till Ragnarok, though. Right, but he, he always had which the Which was post-Mjolnir, like, being destroyed by Hela. Yeah, so that's why it's questionable to me, because, like, Cap didn't even know that. Oh, yeah, but he's, all of a sudden, he's using thunder and lightning power when he yeah. didn't even know he could do that, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, if... I, did he actually use lightning to, as in, a, like, uh, offensively? No, but... Not uh, in Infinity War. No, no, no. no I mean, no, um, no Cap. Cap with uh, Mjolnir. Did he... I don't recall him actually using lightning offensively. Because if, if he didn't, then it might have just been, you know, just uh, video effects to make it look cooler. Yeah, I think what happened was, like, when he's hitting Thanos with it, it just, you know, like, did a lightning strike type thing, you know? Just, like, an effect, right? I don't know. To me, that seems like an offensive use use of a lightning. Well, yeah. But it wasn't like Thor who could just use lightning after Ragnarok, you know, where he's just lighting people up with it. Uh, so yeah, that that was another character that that we had a send off for. Um, are, are, is there anyone else that we're missing for send offs? Um. Well, we got Natasha. Unfortunately, Natasha. Yeah. The way that they she was the sacrifice to get the Soul Stone. I was so conflicted on this part. I'm just wondering if they're going to be what they're going to be doing for her movie. Well, it's it's, it's a, a prequel. prequel. Oh, okay. It's been already confirmed ever since before even Endgame. Which so is what I've been gonna... asking for, though. I I want backstory. Right. That's true. I mean, everyone else kind of got a well besides Hawkeye too, but um, all the original other uh, or all the original Avengers pretty much got um, an origin story. Or yeah. Movie. Uh, but it seems like Clint's gonna get a a show, right? Where he's gonna train his successor. Yeah, probably. We were kind of teased that at the very opening scene, like his daughter. Mm. He was uh, training her, or you know, they were just shooting and on their ranch. Yeah. Right. right. So, so that was the emotional response, really, in the audience that you could feel. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we all knew it was coming, but it it right. still had the effect. Yeah, I was like, wow, his whole freaking family was dusted. The whole family. Right, right in front of him. Yeah, he didn't even know. He's just like, where'd you go? Where'd everybody go? That's crazy. And then he goes yep. into Ronin mode. Yep, he goes rogue. And uh, to, I guess that was just his way to, um, like we were discussing earlier, that was his way to deal with grief. Right. We got Ronin. Unfortunately. But I also feel like when Natasha went to go get him, he got converted back way too easily. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it seemed like it was it was so quick for him to just stop being Ronin. But I, I think that's why it's important that we get that Black Widow movie. Um so we can see their connection, like how right. how close they really are, what they've been through and why he trusts her so much. And why, oh, yeah. it, why it was really so emotional for, for them fighting each other to be the sacrifice. Do you think we're ever going to see Budapest? I hope so. You know, that, that might be what, you know, a big action scene for that Black movie, Black Widow movie we're going to get. Yeah, uh, I, I really hope that's, that's what we see. Yeah, because I mean, they always mention it, but we never know what the real backstory is behind it. So hopefully in the Black Widow movie we see it, or maybe... You know, in uh, the show with Hawkeye, you can see something. Yeah, I feel like Marvels are pretty good with trying to, you know, 
keep things alive and or they they'll make a reference like in one movie and then they'll go back to it in another movie so i feel like they're pretty good at that so i'm pretty confident that this one will probably be a big one or at least a big contender for the either one the the black widow movie or hawkeye series right it's like it was like colson and tahiti you know well, I, I think it was more of um, uh, the Calvary and Bahrain. Oh, yeah, yeah. So if you watch S.H.I.E.L.D., you know what I'm talking about. If not, um, go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But yeah, um, so those were the send-offs, you know, Natasha and Iron Man and Captain America. So the the setups we see um, include... Gamora. Uh, Gar- Gamora. That's one. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be the big plot of uh, Gal- Guardians Volume 3. And I think we're going to see Thor. Well, right. Join the he, Guardians, right? They, they kind of teased it by saying they're the Asgardians of the galaxy. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, he's not the leader. Wink. Wink, wink. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's saying, oh, no, I'm not the leader. Am I? Not, I'm not the leader. Right. It's just uh, him and Quill are, they have this thing between oh, each, yeah, each other. Like, it all started when they picked them up and infinity war so i i feel like the the writers and and the marvel execs found that they they got something to work and they they kind of just paired those people together um that they really liked so we saw with their missions um those those different pairs go off you know together yeah, for, for comedic agree, relief with, or or right. just you know like who, yep. who they paired together to yeah. go into the different uh time frames mm-hmm. yeah i feel like um because uh thor was also he was or chris evans he was or <laughs> hemsworth two chris's yeah chris hemsworth he was also getting sick of playing that stiff version of thor so when they got the chance to kind of rewrite his rewrite him or at least you know change of character type in ragnarok with ragnarok he actually like kind of got like a second wind in the character because they were able he was they wanted to do something different and what they did do kind of was it was working real well and thor ragnarok did great it was like, awesome the, right yeah it was a great movie so i feel like with this new um version of thor it just kind of reinvigorated uh, reinvigorated the like for one chris hemsworth into you know, playing the character. And also, it just gelled well, like you guys were talking about, with the Guardians of the Galaxy. So it was a nice pairing that we got. And it was a kind of a nice uh, setup for, you know, what we're going to see in the upcoming movies with uh, these other characters. Definitely. So um, so going back to uh, Gamora, where they set her up, um, if you guys haven't... Who, I mean, we're talking about the movie, so other people probably watched this already. Um, but if you remember, she... She came back. Um, well, well, this is the Thanos. younger Gamora. Yeah, this is a 2014 is before... before she met the Guardians. Yeah. Yeah, so meaning before she even met Quill and meaning she hasn't even fallen she, in love with him. Exactly. Right. So all that stuff hasn't happened yet with the Guardians. Well, I, I, I don't even think it's going to happen that way now because we've essentially right. introduced a, a new version of Gamora. It's It's like a memory wipe. Or really, it just didn't happen for her. Yeah, it didn't um, happen. So I think Guardians 3 is going to rely heavily on, one, finding her, and then, two, trying to make that connection. Um, with, uh, with with uh, the rest Chris of the... Pratt? Yeah, well, not just Chris Pratt, but the rest of the team, because um, Gamora is seen as a, 
a family member to to these people you know right um rocket really talks about it um when he's he's trying his best to get the rest of them back he's like these people are my family like they're all i have so yes yes oh yeah when thor was having his breakdown right uh, right and their time heist Mm -hmm. he was he was like you're not the only one that's lost people here you know but she can't be brought Mm -hmm. back but the people that can we're trying to do that right now so get it together dude yeah pretty much he's trying to get him to action there so yeah that's the that was a setup for guardians of the galaxy 3 which um unfortunately isn't going to happen until suicide squad 2 is done since right. James Gunn is working on that. Um, uh, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I me mean, too. Yeah. Just for the sheer fact we got James Gunn back, um, I'm more than happy to just wait for it. And uh, I mean, it's not like we're we're just like, we don't have any other Marvel movies to look forward to. So. Oh, right. We have plenty. Plenty. Um, so they, uh, yeah. So speaking of setups, uh, another setup was um, Spider-Man, uh, which is going to be the next movie that is coming out this year for, for Marvel. Um, Spart- Spider-Man Far From Home uh they it happens post snap we've seen some trailers like i think they've done two trailers already they also they also added a scene um starting yesterday or friday to uh end game um a post credit a post credit scene um really yeah that's around uh spider-man did you um watch that clip because i i haven't haven't watched it yet i read an article about it um so on my second watch i'll i'll be able to see it Okay. But uh, so, according to some people, it's it's just content from the trailers. Oh, okay. So it's stuff that we've watched in the trailers already. Right. Because if yeah, you if you were, they've already released. Yeah. If you recall from um, the trailer release on on YouTube, um, there's a little spiel beforehand saying if you haven't watched Endgame, don't watch this trailer. Right. Um. So it's probably that. Oh, you think it's um the stuff that Tom Holland was uh saying not to uh to see. Yeah. Probably. Of, yeah. So something around that. Yeah. So. I mean, it was set up like that. It seemed so when I saw Tom Holland with Ned, and I was like, "Wait, so they're both still in high school?" So and that means that he was like dusted. all of them are. Yeah, yeah so, so that means that they were all dusted. Yeah, like that's that's the thing that I was questioning too when we saw him go back to high school. I'm like, okay, it's five years later, but all these people like are the same class. Are the same class. So. Yeah. Like my friends and I were discussing it, and we're like, okay, it's very plausible that his core friends you know, were all dusted and the rest of the school moved on. Moved on, yeah. Um, hopefully they, they touch on it. Otherwise, it's just like, really, your whole entire school, like, really? part of the half that got, <laughs> did, yeah, that got Yeah, snapped. yeah. Like, what's the, that kind of luck of the draw? Yeah, right? what are yeah. the odds? Kind of like um, in the New York scene with Nick Fury and... Um, Maria Hill? Mar- yeah, with Maria Hill. Like, everybody in their cars, like, everybody around them was getting dusted. What the heck? Yeah, it's like, um, really? Yeah. How convenient was that for the movie? Right. right? Yeah. Um, so that's something we're going to be able to see this year, too. Um, Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, they're already showing trailers, so they're doing promotions, and that means that's the next thing we're going to have to watch this summer. So the thing that was interesting to me, even though um, I had problems with the scene, was was uh, Cap giving the shield, uh, the mantle, to basically, Falcon. To, to Falcon. Um, so I'm interested to see if the Winter Soldier and Falcon movie uh, series is building up to a movie with the Falcon taking over the, the mantle of Captain America or if it's like, you know, in between. Oh, like what time frame does this uh, show take place? Right. Because it kind of seems like they were setting up for that. Where they gave him the shield? 
Yeah, because like Cap gave him the shield. Yeah, they, they're setting up for like an actual post snap, post undo snap um, series, uh, because Bucky had his heart felt uh, goodbye with Cap, and um, so did Sam. So it, it feels like that series is going to be moving towards um, a new Cap. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with Captain America here because. Um, so Captain America in the comics, he, the actual Captain America gets passed around quite a bit. Right. You know, it goes from Steve Rogers, he gives it to Bucky, uh, then, you know, he takes it back, uh, he gives it, then he gives it to Sam, and he takes it back, you know, because he comes out of retirement, like, it's crazy how they, what they do with it. So another thing that, um, my friends had a problem with was Cap getting old that quickly. Yeah, that was my thing, too. That was my big thing. Because he, he has the serum, so he shouldn't yeah, age serum. that like that. <laughs> so, um, you know, when, they, when he retired in the comic books, he actually found somebody to remove the super serum from him. Um, I think at, in one of the comic arcs, it was a supervillain that, like, reversed his super serum. So then he started aging rapidly so, because of his, he started catching up to his actual age, basically. <laughs> So it's, it's sort of like Melisandre removing the, yeah. the amulet. Yeah, like that. Kind of like that. So, yeah, that, that's what happens with the comic. That's how they, you know, do it with the comic book. But, but of course, with Endgame, we didn't really get an explanation. Right. No. Or, like, how he aged so fast. Or, or like, how he, how he how aged he at all. At all. Yeah, at yeah. all right? Because, you know, I don't know. I <laughs> feel like at the end of this, you know, <laughs> my friends and I were like, just stop questioning it. <laughs> you yeah. know, just, right, just, right. just enjoy the movie. And I'm like, okay, I'll try. Um, so hopefully on my second watch, I, I stop questioning everything. But it, it's just how I am. Um, no, I, I can totally relate. Because for me, I'm kind of the reverse, though. Like, when I watch a movie for the first time, I kind of turn my brain off. But then the second time, that's when I start really thinking about things. Well, typically, right. that's how I, I am, too. Um that's how it was with Last Jedi. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely for me. So, right. like, I I totally enjoyed the movie. Uh, I watched it again. And I was like, wait. <laughs> so yeah, there's too many yeah, problems yeah. here. <laughs> but with, I feel like with this one, there was just so much anticipation, um, and they built up such a great world that you you just start thinking about things, especially when it comes mm-hmm. to time travel. Um, it kind of twists your brain in a certain way because we're we're linear beings. So the way that we think is is in a, a, a nice straight timeline. But when it gets to different things, we're like you know, it's kind of like Doctor Who, where you're like wibbly wobbly, timey wimey kind of thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but this one even took it further because they don't even obey certain aspects of time. So that's why hopefully I can just stop thinking <laughs> and just enjoy. Yeah, that would be convenient, right? Right. Just, uh, enjoy it as a movie. That's what. Uh, so if I was to suggest for our listeners out there, just enjoy the movie because it's a movie. Right? I mean, it's o- it's obviously always fun to discuss the the minutia of of it, but it was definitely enjoyable. It was definitely a, a good send off to some characters that we we've spent so much time with. Um, right. And I I really look forward to what the next phase holds right so let let's talk about the next phase i know they announced a whole lineup of movies disney did it was a, a huge schedule up to the year what was it 2028 or something like 27. that 27 27 mm-hmm. uh so they did have some titled movies in there um nelson you shared with us the list uh from what you see what do we have 
slated for Marvel? Um, well, the ones that we definitely know of that are um, have been announced already are, um, are is of course the next one. Uh, it's arguably not really part of Phase Four, but we got Far From Home, Spider-Man: Far From Home. Right. Um, we have a sequel for. Um, Black Panther. Ooh. That's also been confirmed. Um, the, we have a sequel also. F- well, the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Right. And um, also one for Doctor Strange. So, yeah, so, those are the confirmed ones that we know right. about. That's Those are the confirmed ones that we know about. Is there not um, also more Captain Marvel coming? There Wasn't there supposed uh, to be a I, sequel? Uh, in all honesty, I don't remember seeing a sequel or anything with Captain Marvel specifically. I do know she's supposed, Brie Larson is supposed to appear in at least five more movies because she signed on for seven. Right, right. So whether it's a standalone or she appears, you know. Mm-hmm. That's going to be interesting um, I, to see. Right, but um, I think some setups are the um, one possible one possible one could be for you know Hawkeye's daughter being uh, her his um, to take up the mantle next for for him I hope it's um, not her it's, <laughs> well we'll see it's not supposed to uh, be yeah uh, the next or another possibility is um, with uh, Scott Lang's daughter now being older um, in the comics his actual daughter becomes stature and she's becomes part of the young Avengers Um she has the same abilities as Ant-Man. She could go really big or go tiny, hence the name Stature. Um, and also, they kind of, uh, I want to say teased, because um, we see one kid in Tony Stark's funeral funeral in Endgame that everyone's like, who the heck is that? And apparently that's the same kid from Iron Man 3. Yeah. That's right. I never watched yep. it, so it makes sense. I didn't know who it was. Yeah, so apparently, yeah, that's a grown-up um kid from iron man 3 i forget his name but there's speculation that he might become iron lad oh interesting so he might be the one to actually take up the iron man mantle because he kind of the the kid that kid had some similarities to tony because he kind of had his own like garage uh workshop yes in, that's uh, right in his house that's that's so, why tony was able to repair his iron man suit in right that movie. yeah he was yeah. Uh, yeah the little boy helped him out essentially and so they were kind of bringing him back and it kind of guess was a nice setup for like a possibility that this might be you know the one to take up the mantle i mean of course it would be best if morgan would yeah but, his daughter um, she's still a little young yeah. they can, they <laughs> right can uh, time jump again <laughs> yeah that, i guess but um with the the kid the boy um it kind of just also reinforces the fact that there might be a young avengers oh okay. right um, right with the iron land being there pretty mm-hmm. much yeah pretty cool and one other thing that it was very very subtle um but earlier in the movie when um natasha was talking to all the um like roadie captain marvel okoye in like the holographic form like they were reporting back to her on all the different situations right um okoye mentioned that there is a like monitored earth tremors in like the ocean Mm. um and she's saying like the way we deal with it is we don't deal with it (laughs) But that the sheer fact that um, they mentioned, you know, s- some troubles in the ocean, it's kind of a hint towards Namor. Namor. Nice, nice. Which is the Marvel's version of Aquaman, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> so, Although I think Namor was a villain or like an anti-hero I, or something like that in Marvel. Yeah, I'm actually not familiar. I just know the name. Yeah. Namor. yeah. I, I feel that like makes sense. They, this could also be an allusion to what's going to happen in Far From Home, though. Oh, Maybe. you mean with the elementals? Yeah. 
Yeah. Or what do you mean with Mysterio? With Mysterio. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, one one possible supervillain that you know that we we might want to see is Galactus. Do you guys remember Galactus? Well, we're all kind of wondering what the next big baddie is. So he's even uh, he's even bigger than Thanos. You know that guy is the eater of worlds. Like he eats worlds for breakfast to stay sustained. <laughs> I I kind of hope that if they do that, um, that they touch on it in the Guardians realm um, and cross reference that with Captain Marvel because that that's kind of like an on a cosmic scale. Um, we've kind of been right. focusing more on Earth level things happening, right. um, but we finally saw the fruition of of these uh, original Avengers finally getting to space. Right. They, yeah. Right. They finally go into space. Except yeah. Thor's was there well obviously because he he's from space but um like i think it was uh natasha and and uh hawkeye they were saying um yeah this is the first time in space this is really weird so everybody else in that ship has been to space that's true that was true yeah so i guess that's um that's what we have for today you know um overall we liked we enjoyed the movie and it was good as a movie, right? Yeah, it was entertaining. Um, Marvel knows how to tar- uh, tug at the heartstrings. Um, we got some pretty emotional uh, scenes. And um, yeah, like we were saying, we kind of got some good closures and some others that we didn't really agree with. But, you know, it is what it is. And just looking forward to what's next. And uh, Rissa, you have some thoughts to share? Also? Yeah, I... I've- I really enjoyed the movie. Um, as much as I have certain criticisms to it, um, at the end of the day, they, they did a good job wrapping up the, the character arcs. Um, they didn't digress on character development, which is, is something that, you know, you got to be careful with. Um, and uh, I, I think they did, a good, they did a very good job. And uh, I, I look forward to phase four and, and the future that they've announced. So we'll see yeah, where we go from there. Definitely. And uh, I'm excited uh, for what Marvel has in store for the future, uh, because you know they've announced a few movies already that are been that have been planned, and then there's definitely more things coming to Disney Plus platform, and then we have a whole Marvel area that's coming to California Adventure, um, and you know theme park stuff like in Epcot where they're doing a Guardians ride, which is going to be pretty epic. Um, Hong Kong is also getting a Marvel area too. Right, because like right now, Hong Kong turned their Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters into uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp ride. It's still blasting stuff. You know what I, I would really like to see from these different parks? Um, what would you like to see? I, I would like them to treat them as like outposts for, for different Marvel um, heroes. Yeah, like oh maybe like either shield outpost or avengers outpost yeah, yeah that'd be really where cool. where they're all connected but you get like a different experience um oh, it's, yeah that it's, would be nice it's kind of like how i thought uh they were gonna take it with um star wars land galaxy's, galaxy's edge. edge on on both coasts uh, i thought yeah. it was a missed opportunity where it's identical um right totally it, totally. it, it should have kind of been where one is one outpost and the other is another one, and you you get a similar feel, but there's different aspects of it. You know, um, that's what I my hope is for for these different Avengers or Marvel lands where where they're connected and it's it still tells a story. So if you go to one, you get a, a certain experience. If you go to another, you get a different experience. Yeah. Um, any any additional thoughts on the parks, Nelson? When it comes to Marvel? Uh no. I mean, I totally agree with Rissa. Where I would 
definitely prefer to um, have different, like, actual differences between the different um, parks. And, you know, that's kind of a subtle way. No, not so subtle way for to get you to visit visit all of them. Yeah, exactly. This is true. This is true. Like, if you want to get a certain experience, you need to go to that park. You yeah, know? you'd actually have to go to it instead of, like, I'll just settle for this one since it's on this coast, like, for Galaxy's Edge here right. versus one in Florida. Right. So it's like, if you've seen Galaxy's Edge on this side, you've already seen it in Florida, so we can skip it on our trip, basically, is what, you know. So touching <laughs> a little bit on, on Star Wars, um, I made a joke with my friend Matt and his wife Brianna, and I said, you know, they had a missed opportunity at being in Florida and it being a swamp. They totally should. Oh, that's right. They totally should have built a Dagobah. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> kind of esque uh, theme like a, park. A world that's kind of like Dagobah. Yeah. And then you could train with Yoda. Yeah, and yeah. become a Jedi. And, uh, yeah. Swerve around all the gators. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Try to well, avoid yeah. like real life gators. <laughs> but yeah, um, I do agree. This is um, this is exciting, and I, I hope that they they can think of something like that. Yeah. Because it seems like uh, right now they're just copy pasting for for what they do. Um, but, it's but probably cheaper Guard- for them. Although yeah, the Guardians ride is is pretty unique though. You know, because it's going to be a roller coaster at Epcot. And what's the other roller coaster that they have? Mission Space or Tron? Pestrack, you know, Tron is coming to Magic Kingdom. So yep, right. Um, but yeah, so that that's going to be interesting because we're not we're not going to get that over here. I don't think they're going to copy bit over here they don't have the space yeah no space not even in california adventure so we'll get something different which is good i think it's good yeah it's good all right so uh any closing thoughts for our listeners uh that's maybe marvel or not either uh nelson uh yeah, thanks guys for joining us today. Um, it was a bit long, but of course, you know, the, the whole uh, topic of Endgame is uh, the movie itself was three hours. So there was a lot of content to talk over. So again, I hope you guys enjoyed um, us going over our thoughts and um, looking forward for more Marvel to, for the years to come. All right. And Rissa? Yeah, thanks guys for tuning in. Um, again, sorry it was so long, but um, I hope you enjoyed our discussion. Um Make sure that you chime in, whether it's in comments, uh, any feedback um, via emails. We we totally look at that. Um, Also on Instagram. Um, So feel free to reach out. And um, we hope you tune in again next time. And we love you 3000. So I'd I'd like to also thank all the listeners for uh, tuning in, for subscribing on your favorite uh, podcast app. And for tuning in to us also on the YouTube channel, um, we are still doing more um, on the video side. I know Nelson has some more uh, reviews coming for food. And then I've, I'm still working also on his trip from November. So we're going to have some more videos for you guys out there too. Um, so please watch and subscribe on there. And I'd like to thank you again for tuning in. We will see you guys next time. Uh, also keep your watches synced to Disney time. See ya. See ya. Later. Later.